Falcons fans, welcome in to episode 20 of Out of Your Falcon Mind, an Atlanta Falcons fan cast. My name is John. I am your host. I am joined by a special guest host tonight because Mike is uh, had to let a, had a last second take off for the week. His brother uh, came down to South Carolina and got a cabin, and he hasn't seen him in forever because of COVID and all this mess. So uh, he couldn't pass that up. So he had to he, he bolted out yesterday. I don't know if he even got to see the game, but um, we definitely texted about it. But he is uh, going to be gone for the week. So. Sitting in is uh, my lifelong friend, uh, good friend, actually close friend. Uh, dude was in my wedding. He was a groomsman. Known him for, we were just trying to figure it out, I guess, 32 freaking years um, or so. Uh, big Falcons fan. So uh, that is uh, Troy Nixon. That is my co-host. Troy, what's going on, buddy? What's happening, John? Thanks for having me on. And, and really right. enjoyed the last, uh, I guess, 19 now episodes. Pretty, pretty awesome. Hard to right. believe. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, I should have led with that. I should have like, he, he is a Troy is a listener of the podcast, so um, he does the it's not going to be like he has no idea what we're doing here. So, um, <laughs> like I said, longtime fan. Did you go to the game Sunday? Did you end up going? I, I ended up not going. I, I, you know, I'm a season ticket holder, I've had season tickets, I think since 16 now. So, um, ended up not going, but definitely did watch it, and it was, yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a good, yeah. Game. Well, yeah, well, we'll get into it. But um, so before we go and really get into it, um, Troy, I want you to just uh, tell us a little bit about how you became a Falcons fan and anything you want to say, your history, basically sports fandom, you name it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so like you said, you know, you and I have known each other for a long time. Um, we moved or my family moved to the Atlanta area when I was two and we moved to your to be your basically next door neighbor. Yeah. When I was four or five, so that's how we've known each other for 30 plus years now. So we moved from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So, um, you know, a lot of my family, including my dad, went to LSU. So, you know, my brother and I were raised to be big LSU fans, but not so much the Saints. I just wanted to throw that out there and clarify for everyone that I am not a not a Saints fan. Smart um, man. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I, that I would say is, you know, a lot of my family you know, again, Baton Rouge kind of disassociate themselves from New Orleans. It's, it's kind of two different worlds over there. Is that right? I didn't really know that. Well, I mean, and don't, I wouldn't say that's necessarily a blanket statement. You know, mm -hmm. I, I do, I have friends that live in Baton Rouge and even family that are, that are Saints fans, but you know, I, I, my dad definitely wasn't, I think he grew up being a Vikings fan. Uh, I think it was the hmm. French era and purple yeah. people defense back then. So never was a Saints fan and we were really never instilled to be Saints fans, although we were you know, kind of forced to be a big LSU fan. So, yeah, so, so I've grown up a Falcons fan pretty much all my life, um, not just Falcons, but Braves, Hawks, Atlanta United. And obviously, as, as as you and I have talked about a million times, have have lived through some good days and some bad days. I think I was 13 in 98. And obviously, just a few years ago, we all lived through that painful 28-3 debacle, which I will get into. I know you might dove deep into it on the first episode, so. I don't, I don't even like talking about it. It still gives me nightmares. <laughs> Dude, still, uh, if I start getting going on it, I don't stop. I, I, end up, I, get, I get up getting angry, you know, Mike gets angry or whatever I'm talking. It's just, it's a bad, it's a bad road to go down. I don't even like, I'm, I agree with you. I don't like talking about it either. Um, yeah, yeah, so, 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 so I, I'm, I'm probably, I would call myself probably the second biggest Matt Ryan fan in the world. Um, Mike would have me beat there, but uh, <laughs> I got a signed Matt Ryan jersey behind me. So yeah. I am definitely. A big Matty Ice fan, but probably not quite as big as, as good old Mike. Yeah, yeah, Mike's uh, another level. Um, 
he's which I love him for it. I mean, you know, and then I mean, I can't disagree with most of it to be honest. I mean, you know, it's not that he might Matt has been the least of our problems uh, his entire career. So that's that's exactly my thoughts. You know, a big part of the reason why shoot we're seven and eight this year is because of Matt. So yep. uh, yeah, know, I mean, imagine imagine you know uh, just a, a mid tier quarterback or you know something like mm-hmm. that this year. We were probably drafting one or two or maybe you know yep. in the draft. So yep. and, he, and he had a little you know he had two or three weeks there. We kind of gave it to him because he wasn't you know. And it was starting, I think it kind of started with that Cowboys game where he started just getting blasted, you know, and that was kind of the start of him not having a lot of a run of a good games. But I think that, like Mike and I talked about, I mean, when you're getting hit, I mean, that, that goes into your thought process every drop back. You're thinking, I've got to go, I got to get the ball out, I got to get the ball out. So sometimes, you know, I think he was missing progression or missing some of the throws because he wasn't able to go through all his progressions because he's able to maybe get maybe two, uh, you know, at the most, and then he's getting hammered or, you know, something. So, I mean, we said that stat on the last show. He's, I mean, it was, I mean, the, the, he's been hit like 20 to 30 more times than the next closest guy. I mean. That that's, to me says it all. I mean, the fact that he's, <laughs> that he's had the career he has in light of statistics like that is just pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. And then to be his age, I mean, I mean, and just take some, I mean, it's not like he's getting like, just pushed down. I mean, like dudes are falling on him. He's getting <laughs> but I mean, that, that play in San Francisco running into the group of freaking six, five, five or six 49ers. And I mean, no one is about to get just, just yep. destroyed. So he's yeah, tough, I agree. Right? Yeah, I agree. But yeah, like Troy was saying, I mean, we, uh, we literally grew up as neighbors, um, we played, I don't know how many I mean, basketball games, football games, played, I mean, everything, I mean, uh, for, for years. And uh, so, yeah, I really appreciate him sitting in on the show and probably, hopefully um, we'll be a regular on the show um, as, as we go forward with this thing. Um, and look, and before we really get started too, wanted to uh, let everybody know how to get in touch with us. Um, you can email us at uh, atlfalconfancast at gmail.com. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Instagram, out of your falcon mind. Uh, on Twitter at Out of Your F in Mind, and there's a Facebook group you can join uh, if you're interested. As some <clears throat> some uh, discussion does go on in there as well, and um, on if you're listening to us on iTunes, which our, our analytics say a lot of you are, um, if you could take the time to leave us a five star review, we would greatly appreciate it. That helps other Falcons fans find us. We're going to say it every episode because it just, um, you know, like I said, it just helps us move up the list of uh, Falcons fan or podcast fancast, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then uh, Spotify actually just uh, recently have added uh, where you can rate podcasts on there now. So you can go on there and just you don't have to type anything. You literally just go to, uh, I think it's just rate podcasts and click five stars and that's that. So um, and if you're either one of those, Spotify or iTunes, we greatly appreciate the five-star reviews and uh, the ones that have left them already. Thanks so much for that. And that's very much appreciated. Um, and getting on to uh, a little bit of Falcons news, I listened to the Arthur Smith press conference today a little bit, and it was interesting. I mean, he had, they asked him, uh, you know, like about Kyle uh, this year and how, you know, he, Kyle, Kyle credited uh, Arthur for helping him kind of get through the season and, and like, you know, in one piece and kind of like helped him really navigate it. And, uh, and he just, Arthur just said, well, I like, you know, I like building relationships with each player, not just Kyle, but he said, I think it's important to get to know each player differently you know, as a, as a, as a person, because, you know, different things are going to make other guys tick that make other guys, you know, respond to everything. So I thought that was cool. Um, Cause I mean, the season he's had, and he also said, you know, 
he said all the hype around Kyle uh, that he's living up to it. And it just kind of shows what type of guy he is that not everyone can do that, you know, and, you know, when he was drafted, I mean, I don't know what you, what did you think when he was drafted? Were you like, Oh, I can't awesome or what? I'll be honest. I was, I was kind of in the camp of either like stool, you know, <laughs> offensive line help or yeah. some fields, to be honest with you. I was kind of looking, you know, looking for that next guy to sorry, Mike, but to replace Matt at some mm -hmm. point. So, I was not excited. I mean, it's it's unprecedented to draft a tight end as high as he has. And I mean, to be honest, he's 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 proven to be that dude. You know, he, he can Tony <laughs> Gonzalez or you know, kind of top tier, even you know, call it wide receiver. You know, he's tight end, obviously, but you know, he's the guy. I mean, he he is. He's had a great year, and I have zero complaints about. about yeah, him. yeah, me too. I mean, I was a little iffy at first too. I, I mean, I I knew he did at Florida. I mean, you and I both watch a lot of SEC football, so. We saw him, what he could do there. Um, but, yeah, I didn't – I was kind of in the same boat. I was like, man, that's really, really, really high to take a tight end, especially when – and I, I didn't think Matt was going to be replaced immediately, but there was, what, five quarterbacks in the first round this year? It was a pretty deep class. Yeah, so so, so I'm, I, was, I was with you. I was kind of surprised but um, happy because, like you said, I mean, he's uh, the first uh, first rookie tight end in history to have now have 60-plus catches and over 900 yards in this rookie season, which is, I mean – Amazing. Yeah. No, I mean, just think about where we would be without him this year, especially. Oh, with yeah. yeah, well, especially no Ridley. And then he didn't have him. Well, Russell Gage, number one. Russell and Gage, then, yeah. That's it. And Hayden Hurst. I mean, come on. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just crazy. But, um, you know, it's but it's, it's true. It's rare. It's rare for a guy, especially. A, and, you don't you don't really receive. I mean, I guess you more today than you used to. But like. Receivers not really in a position that you see somebody pop on the stage and just excel like that. Normally, it takes a little bit of adjustment for them receivers, and same for tight ends. Um, but yeah, he's he's lived up to it, and then some. I mean, he seems to have a really good work ethic, good head on his shoulders. So, no complaints there whatsoever. Um, and also talked about uh, the mentality and the approach for him is key to having su su sustained success. And being able to close down those one possession games, especially be uh, good in situational football. Um, and that's what Mike and I have talked about a lot is just the mentality of the team. We want to see like, you know, this that old school bruiser type, you know, I'm going to kick your ass type of mentality. Because that's what in this league, I mean, you got to be you got to have other to be successful. I mean, you saw against the 49ers. We just got manhandled, you know, that, like that, you know, that was kind of that's the team like I'd kind of want us to act like, you know what I mean, as far as who we've played this year. Yeah, and, and same thing with Dallas. I mean, Dallas, what you watching on the game last night? This oh, yeah. mantle freaking <laughs> absolutely Washington. I mean, that, I mean, that was two different classes of teams. I mean, it, it really was. It, it wasn't yeah. NFL. No, I know. And um, so yeah, I agree with him on that. And I know he's cut he's called a lot of flack, uh, Arthur has on situational calls this year, which I mean some I couldn't agree with because I mean that Washington game, which he, you know, Mike and I've talked about. I mean, he could have, we could have iced that game by being just a little bit more aggressive. But I mean, it looked like DQ 2.0. It was like three, three dives and punt, and then they score. And you know, so I mean, I think he's he's learning. He's just like any other first year head coach. I mean, it's you know, I, I, the, the folks that are screaming to, to, you know, he should be gone, and he's not, he's not the answer. You can't say that in one year of, of a coach. You can't. I mean, especially, I think we've got maybe. I don't know, hell, 20 guys or more on one-year contracts. Uh, the team is young. I mean, there's – when we doubled our – we've more than doubled our win total from last year. So, I mean, I don't, you know, and, and that's the biggest difference is we're, we're actually winning those one-possession games, whereas last year under DQ, that was his mantra. He could not close out a game to save his life. Yeah, you guys said it last week, but, 
you know, the difference in the season is the close games and what are they one or whatever in one score games. And I mean, yeah, they're, they're that, you know, they're going 500 in those games away from, you know, a four or five win season, but the, yeah. the, the key thing is they want them, you know, they, they found ways to win just like yesterday. They, you know, they should have won the game and then shouldn't have, shouldn't have won the game, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and, and for a coach like Arthur Smith, especially, you know, kind of where they're at in the season, you know, obviously the playoff hopes are, you know, kind of in the background at this point. Mm-hmm. To keep your team motivated and to to keep fighting all the way, you know, you got to that's, – that's coaching, you know. So, yep. I mean, he's made some kind of questionable situational calls this year, but they're seven and eight. I mean, they could win eight, could win nine games, probably not, but, you know, they could, they yep. could win eight. And I think Vegas had their season total at seven and a half before the season, and that was when you know not knowing what was going to happen with Ridley. So yeah, I would have took the, I would have took the under on that. I mean, I, I absolutely. I mean, I, yeah. I would have if you would have told me that you know Calvin Ridley would miss the majority of the season, I would have definitely take the under on that. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's an Arthur Smith problem at all. And like you said, I mean, this is his first year, first year coach, first year to ever be a head coach. So uh, let's give him another couple of years and hopefully yeah. we can continue to build around him. Yeah, like we said last week, I mean, people were – I mean, they wanted Shanahan out immediately in that first season. And in season two, it was, I mean, night and day. You know, and it's it's kind of similar. I mean, I mean, they run very different offenses. But, I mean, you know, Arthur is uh, – you know, that's what he's known for is, his, you know, the offensive side of the ball. So, I'd like to see, you know, with an actual true number one wide receiver and an actual – you know, I mean, I know I would love to have CP back, but I would love to see, like, an actual skill position running back, whether we do it through – trade or free agency or draft or whatever um you know back there as well like you know just just to see a full complement of you know of resources would be great <laughs> to use because if he's he's getting seven wins with literally what we've got on offense right now um where there was one play last week uh Kyle was there was three dudes assigned to Kyle like he was he was in the end zone with three guys around why wouldn't you <laughs> yeah right gonna beat you gauge I mean that's Exactly. So if you if, if you had if we had a Ridley out there or any other number like a true number one, or any other, I mean that. But that's why Hayden Hurst is getting touchdowns. That's why Lee Smith is getting thrown to in the end zone because everybody is on the count. So yeah, I mean once once you know I, I, I definitely you know like I said I, I, yeah you can you can uh, criticize him for some of the calls he's made and certain especially on some of the third and ones and fourth and ones stuff like that, um, you know. But I mean he's like I said he's learning. I mean there's no way. That uh, to me, what drove me nuts about DQ is he would do the same shit over and over again. And it was like he didn't learn from it. He just would continue to do the same thing. And I, I don't see that happening from Arthur. It looks like he's kind of picking up on what, you know, should do and shouldn't do. Yep, exactly. You have to be able to, I guess, get over your ego and make adjustments. You exactly. Know, head coaches won't do that. You know, a lot of head coaches ends up costing their job, but yep. that's all they ask is just learn and, and to improve. Yeah, be open-minded and listen and, you know, yep. go, go from there. And uh, the only the last few things that we hit on, that he hit on was talking about how Foyer was um, basically runs a show now on defense. I mean, he's, you know, uh, calls all the plays and has the ability to change and put guys in different uh, different spots, and which is great. I mean, you know, if you're middle linebackers from Yale, that's pretty solid because that's, that's a spot you want to have a pretty smart guy. So, you know, it doesn't get much better than, than Yale. So... Um, and he's got the physical attributes to, to to do it as well. So I think that's, you know, to, to get him where they got him as well in the draft. I mean, he's, I mean, that's been a steal for sure. Um, fun to, and he said he's been fun to watch. You know, it's fun to watch him grow into that uh, that leader on defense. And then uh, lastly, he just said, you know, 
that ability to close out games, you know, they ask him, does that help the confidence of the team? And he's like, well, yeah, of course it does, because, you know, it shows to them they that proves them they can do it when those situations, you know, crop up. Because you can't tell me last year and year before when the game, when we had leads and they started going away, that it wasn't in those guys' heads. They, You knew they were thinking, oh, here we go again. You know, and like Dave, there's nothing they could do about it. <laughs> so, I mean, yep. yeah, the confidence thing is just huge. I mean, it's got to be um, – but leading into that, uh, that leads us right into the uh, to the game review of the Lions. So, and Mike and I talked about on the last show how you know the difference. These teams didn't seem that that different as far as just everything. I mean, uh, the records, of course, they were different. But you know, the Lions now they're oh six and one in one score games, and we're seven and two. Yep. So it's that's that's the difference in the season right there. You know, they and they just have to find. And you know, Jared Goff's not a good quarterback. Um, you know, and that's so. You know, those games they probably could have won in closer that they had that chance to win. Well, you know, when Jared Goff's your quarterback, then not always you're always going to have the chance to to make the plays and win those games. When you got Matt Ryan on the other hand, you know that's that makes a big difference. Um, but yeah, coming into the game, so we found out before the game that Jared Goff was in COVID protocol. So that. Uh, COVID protocol. So that um, meant that the highly vaunted Tim Boyle was going to start. And, uh, you know, I felt pretty confident going into the game that we would win. I felt way more confident when I found out that Jeff, uh, that, that uh, what's his name, was not starting. So I was like, man, okay, so we're good. And then we pop out in the first possession and have three sacks in the first five plays of the game. And I, uh, yeah, I was a little disheartened to say the least. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Um, and I, you know, I knew Dan Campbell, you know, both of us watched Dan Campbell play. You know, the time, I mean, he's a fiery freaking crazy dude, you know? So, you know, a lot of times the players are gonna assume the identity of the coach and those guys, I mean, they fight, man. And they, they, you know, they were, they were, they were there to rumble, you know? And uh, I mean, that watching, man, dude, I can't, I, we'll get into the PFF craze later, but it's mind-boggling that, you know, Jalen Mayfield can be so much better run block. I know it's way different because run blocking, you're just – you're getting off the ball and you're pushing and you're just, you know, driving the guy back. Whereas pass blocking, you're – you know, that's different. You're trying to stop the guy from coming at you and not letting them – but, I mean, my God, man, the difference uh, that, 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 that he has in those two different types of blocking is just an, an unbelievable. What, what have you thought about that guy? Yeah, I mean, in how, general, how can in I, general, the offensive line. No, I mean, I I think he pretty well nailed it. Like, how can a professional? I, I know he's obviously young, but be that yeah. drastically different at run block versus pass block. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess big picture, and, and yeah, you, I mean, you're right. Three sacks in the first five plays pretty pretty well summed it up. But you know, the offensive line played pretty poorly. They 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 got better. I mean, I, I think yeah. get a little better throughout the game, but. Yeah, it was it was pretty. Uh, I don't, it was it was a pretty pretty rough start for Matt, you know, and yeah, pretty indicative on his his really the entire year of, of the lack of. Yeah, uh, I agree. He's yeah. got. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're right. He did. He did get settled in, uh, or they did get settled in, because after that first drive, that that was it. That was the only three sacks they allowed the entire game. Um, I mean, Matt did get hit uh, some more. Um, but that was yeah, he, he was under pressure a lot but you're yeah. right he didn't go down yeah and I was I mean but dude they were right behind they were right above us in in as far as sacks for the season what I mean right above us I mean they were 31st and we're 32nd so I mean neither of us can but that's why I couldn't believe I was like damn they just got three sacks in the first five well, plays we, 
but yeah, we didn't get any. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Again. Um, so, you know, uh, and that's what, I mean, we'll, I don't even want to, I don't want to get off on that, but I mean, that's what have, I don't know what your thought was on the draft coming up, but I originally was O-line and I've totally changed to edge rusher now. Like it just, it's just so glaring, man. I mean, it's just every week. Yeah. If they can actually hit, I mean, obviously right. easily and tack McKinley didn't exactly work out well either. So no, you're, that's yeah. definitely what they need is some, some kind of pass rushed edge rusher, but they got to get the right guy. Cause they haven't yeah. had a, it's a different regime, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hope that, I mean, Fontenot was a guy who took what Cam, or, you know, Cam Jordan, right. And some of the guys. I mean, so I mean, hopefully, you know, he, yeah, he's got a good track record. Yeah. Great he can point. look, yeah. He can hopefully, because, yeah, TD couldn't pick uh, the defensive end to save his life. It wasn't too bad about interior linemen, but yeah, as far as the edge rushers, man, it did not work out. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, looking at the overall stats in the game, I mean, um, like a, it was kind of just weird, man. They, I mean, they actually possessed the ball almost 17 minutes longer than we did. Um, you know, they, they were able to run the ball with uh, DeAndre Swift didn't play again, um, which was huge because if he'd have played, that could have been a different story. I mean, he's a, he's a game-changing type of running back. Um, so they didn't have him. Um, you know, their leading rusher was Jamal Williams, who didn't do terrible. I mean, he had 19 carries, 77 yards, 4.1 yards a carry. Um, and then Amos St. Uh, damn, what was his last name? Uh, the, the wide receiver. Yeah, Saint Brown. Did, yeah, yeah, Saint Brown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he tore it up. I mean, he was, I mean, but they, they weren't, I mean, you and I were texting actually during the game and it's not like, you know, Tim was going downfield on us. It was just, you know, a lot of the short passes and dinking, dunking and whatnot. So. Yeah. No, I mean, he, like, like, like you said, he didn't exactly light it up, but he did enough to win. And mm-hmm. I think, thing is we made him look a lot better than he probably is i'm not going to pretend like i know much about tim boyle i had no idea who he was there's yeah there's a reason why he's the backup quarterback on one of the worst teams in the nfl and we we didn't get i mean i mean i think i think you and i if we had all day could complete some passes yeah you know, no doubt about it he picked yeah. us apart just because he had all day I mean, nfl caliber quarterback's going to do that got to get pressure yep yeah that's exactly um you know they they ran 68 plays to our 45 uh, they had 338 yards. We had 254. Uh, we both had eight drives. Ours just lasted a lot longer than ours did, um, you know, down to the rushing. And we only rushed for 47 yards, you know. And, and that's disappointing because you know, we got off to a, a nice little run there for a bit. And then, like, San Francisco stopped us pretty pretty hard. And then, you know, and then, of course, now this week, um, rushing. We only, we, only, we only rushed it 18 times. Um, and then they rushed it for 33 times. Um Red zone opportunities, they were uh, 0 for 4, which was kind of big. I mean, that was, you know, that was obviously a, a big difference in the game there. Um, you know, turnovers, they had the big one at the end, obviously, with Foyer, you know, the interception at the end that sealed the game for us. Um, and, of course, we had Russell fumbling right there. And I was like, man, you can't, I mean, no more of a Falcon play than that when you can about to ice the game. And then what killed me too, man, on that play, I, I, immediately on Twitter it was like, how do you call that play? He had the first down. Like, what? You can't say that there was a bad play call. It was fine. It wasn't a bad play call. About that. You, yeah. the, the one thing you cannot do in that situation is cough it up. Yeah. And, I mean, how do you, how does that happen? No, that's not on Arthur Smith, man. The dude made the play. He made <laughs> the first down and he fumbled the ball. Like, I don't want to hear about me it. Me and you just, were texting, you know, stay aggressive, you know, don't yeah. just run up the middle and try to bleed clock. There's way too much time at the time. And they did. I mean, that you can't. Yeah. Complain at all about the play call, and Gage just no. can't fumble the ball. You cannot fumble the ball. No, yeah, exactly. And um, you know, you could tell on the sideline he was 
you know, he hated it. I mean, like, as, I felt bad for him, but I was like, damn, yep. dude. Um, <laughs> you know, all, of all the times in the game to, to do that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, looking individually, I mean, Tim Boyle, uh, you know, he was 24, 34, 187 yards, one touchdown, only average, though, you know, like we just said, he averaged 5.5 yards of play, a pass. So, I mean, it's not like he was, you know, like I said, killing us. Just, he had all day long to pick out his six-yard pass. <laughs> so, I mean, that was, that's what he was going to do. Um, he had a quarterback rating of 81. Um, Matt uh, on our on the other side was 18 for 24, 215 yards, one touchdown, um, sacked three times, had a QB, a QB rating of 115.8. So, you know, good day for Matt. Wasn't outstanding, wasn't, but he's just good. You know, he's just his regular good self. We didn't make any bad decisions. Um, so, yeah, nothing nothing wrong there. Our rushing, basically uh, Cordell, uh, Cordell, Cordell and, and uh, Mike Davis split the carry, seven each. Um, Mike actually got the best of them than that to, on the, on Sunday. He got 28 yards and uh, Quarterell 14. Um, receiving wise, obviously. Yeah, if, if you would have told me that Quarterell would have what 13, 14 total yards, I would not have thought we would have won the game. Me either. No. We had the TD, but uh, yeah, I mean he's been the he's been the catalyst for the team this year, and yeah, he didn't have a great game. So no, he didn't. That's the second second one in a row too, and that. That kind of goes, you know, like we talked about before. Um, you know, it all starts in the offensive line. So if you're not getting the push and you're not getting you, the best running backs in the world, you can't make something out of nothing if you got guys on you a second and a half after you've received the ball. So, yep. um, you know, I think somebody, you know, I think uh, I'd like to see kind of more. I mean, I know they did it with the, the, the scoring play, but like more pitches and tosses. Because I think when you get him in space, he can create more like than just running up the middle. Um, you know, like Mike Davis, I mean, he's, you know, he's that run up the middle kind of bruiser type of back, you know, I mean, and, you know, he, he's not going to make you miss. He's just going to run over you, I mean, more than likely. Um, but um, yeah, on the receiving end, Kyle Pitts, of course, had a huge day, six receptions, 102 yards, um, had that awesome one-handed catch on the sideline. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Or tight end especially. Yeah. And then Russell Gage, four for 39. Um, and then Zacchaeus had a couple of nice catches there. Uh, Marvin Hall was as Marvin Hall. We've been wondering where Marvin Hall was. We asked on the last podcast, like we haven't seen him at all. He looked explosive on that play that he came across. I'm like, man, we could use this dude, like maybe get a little bit more aggressive, go downfield. I mean, we don't have a, like a burner burner, but he'd be it if we, you know, for right now, at least. Um, so I don't know, maybe we see some more of him next week, but um, you know, uh, and then on defense, Nothing crazy on their side. I mean, they, you know, they didn't, like you said, I mean, they hit, they had four QB hits, three sacks. So, I mean, like you said, Matt was pressured. He only got hit the, after that first drive. It was like they kind of settled down. And I kind of hoped, I mean, after they got embarrassed, like literally just embarrassed, especially Mayfield and McGarry against San Francisco, like I said on the last pot, I really hoped that they come out like, I can't do that again. Like, I can't be that bad again. You know, so I don't know whether that was it or not. I mean, you know, part of it's that, part of it's the Lions' defensive front, which is about like ours. So, I mean, yep. you know, that's, I think, a little bit of a combination there. And then on our side on defense, uh, Foyer, eight, or 14 total tackles, uh, eight solo, one tackle for loss. Of course, the big interception that sealed the game for us. Um, and then Deion Jones with 10 total tackles. And I've been giving Deion a little bit of hell this season because – other than other than a few games, I mean, the Miami game, I think he was actually defensive player of the week that game because um, we're just used to seeing him. I know he's in a different position. He's, you know, he's been our middle linebacker for a few years now. You know, so he did comment, I think, um, to the press that, you know, this is something different for him. He's learning to play more outside and be, you know. But you would think with a guy, and I know he's getting older, but, like, with his speed, you know, like he's, you know, he's uh, – 
you know, Devin White's who I always, another LSU guy, who's all kind of compared him to. Right, Devin, yeah. yeah, Devin's on another level than Dion is right now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think he's just kind of some, some and, I, and I make it a point, especially this last week, to watch him. And there's some plays, man, it's just like you don't see the finishing. You don't see like the, this is not like the elephant's effort thing, or if it's just like, you know, you, and before you'd see him kind of fight through a block, you know, or shed a block or something like that. And then now it's like if the block is there, he just kind of almost gives up. It's just like, eh, you know, and it's, I don't know. Yeah, no, Devin White's a great comparison. I thought Dion could get there. Um, I really thought he would, you know, he's not, you said he's always, he's not that old. He's only, only been in the league. What, this is his, what, third, fourth year? But uh, Devin or Dion? Yeah, he just seems to yeah. be getting worse, not better. And, yeah. and that's, what's been discouraging for me I mean to me his first couple of years were really really good mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I mean I don't like I said I don't know if it's just it's just the fact that it is the new position he's kind of having to you know get more in coverage and you know cover more you know I don't know I don't know what it is but it just seems like sometimes the effort's not quite there and just kind of falling off a little bit um as we trail another good game um, you know, Mike and I talked pretty much extensively last week about how, you know, it's ridiculous. He's not in the Pro Bowl, but I do think next year when people kind of see him and then, I mean, like, you know, I guess nobody knew who he was at all last year. And then this year, he's just kind of quietly putting together that, you know, that resume, which I'll give it to you, man. Trevon Diggs, uh, that dude's pretty serious. I mean, even with the yards he gives up, I mean, he must do a lot of film study because that dude picks balls that, you know, it's like he's like he knows it's coming sometimes. So, I mean, Props to him on that. He, he deserved to go for sure. But um, looking at the, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, Corderell was returning kickoffs again. They hit him back there. And I mean, not too bad, 26 yard average. I, I like him back there because he's fast. He's, he's big. I mean, and I, and I like Avery Williams as, as a punt returner better. Um, my, I mean, at least me. Um, what do you think? No, I completely agree. Uh, Corderell is elusive, but fast and yeah. big. I mean, he, yeah. To do it all, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't know much about him before this year, but he has had a really, really good year. At least when he's healthy. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I just thought he was just special teams guy. That's all I ever thought he yeah, was. Yeah. You know, the occasional wide receiver type of. You know, I mean, I, and I was credit to Arthur because nobody's ever tried to use him like this. Yep. So, I mean, you know, it's like, but he saw probably like, okay, this is almost Derrick Henry like, but like a lot probably. I don't want to say faster because Derrick Henry is just a. He's yeah, I mean, it, but I mean, no, you're right, and, and you and Derrick Henry is a complete, absolute freak of nature. But there is comparisons there. I mean, he's got the same type of body and mm-hmm. kind of so. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a pretty good comparison. Yeah, um, and then uh, special teams wise, man, Thomas Morstead, who knew, would come in and just, I mean, like he's been. I don't say he's been the key, but man, when you put your their defense is not great already, and you. Don't and you give him and you put him in a good situation like he's been doing, like giving him long, you know, fields to to defend. I mean, that's great because I mean he was averaging again. He had a sixty-one yarder, averaged fifty-seven point five out of the two punts that he had. I mean, he's been great and as and you know one punt inside the twenty again. So yeah, who knew that Colquitt getting COVID uh, would uh, <laughs> would benefit the, benefit the blessing in disguise? Yep. Yeah, I'm glad Colquitt's okay, but I mean you know, also <laughs> glad that I just said. I think during on the podcast, I said it jokingly. I was like, "Well, shit, man, we just let's just keep Morstead because you know, tell Colquitt not to worry about coming back, and I'll be damned." The second next very next week, they're like, "Colquitt's cut, and Morstead's on the team." Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, um, but uh, yeah, so and we, health. I mean, health wise, we've been okay. I mean, we didn't have too many guys out. I mean, Sharp was out from the injury he suffered last week. 
John Kam uh, Kaminsky was out, and then uh, Josh Andrews on the offensive line. Of course, uh, Ridley was still out, and uh, I'm pretty sure, obviously, he's done for the season now. I don't. Sounds like he's done. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. everything I'm hearing. Like I said, I mean, Mike and I, we talked about last week. I mean, uh, we've heard rumors that he's done with, like football. So I don't. That's crazy. crazy. I mean, but um, yep. yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, um, and, and looking at the, uh, the the pro football focus, the PFS grades for the game. So it was pretty interesting. Um, the top offensive grade, no surprise, Kyle Pitts, ninety two point nine. That's been his best performance of the year as far as PFF goes. Um, Chris Listrom, man, um, dude continues to kill it on the offensive line. One of the few guys that are. Um, and, and we talked about it last week, his mother just passed away this past week. And then, you know, I didn't know if he was going to play or not. And not only did he play, but he comes out and makes his his best game of the season. I mean, Day after see, Christmas with, with that on your mind is pretty impressive. And you see that all the time. I mean, when guys lose parents and it seems, it seems, I mean, you remember the Brett Favre game after his dad passed? Mm -hmm. That was the most insane stuff I've ever seen. It was like he just threw the ball up in the air. And I mean, the, I was just, it was unreal. I mean, I, I, I've never, I still to this day, have never seen anything like that. Um, I think it was what, against the Raiders, I think it was. I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, just crazy. Um, but yeah, so big ups to, to Chris uh, for just toughing it out and just having a hell of a game. Um, and then Matt, 87.5. Uh, this one kind of surprised me. Um, Hennessy, 84.3, because I remember a few play, and, and this, you know, this is a, this is the, the being a fan part and watching it um, that what gets you sometimes because you know you, like you said we were talking about it before the show actually um, you you can make a blanket statement it's like oh this offensive line sucks but you don't see the individual performances sometimes or you may see a guy like I, I watched Henny get beat a few times I'm like damn he just got ran over ran by but you don't know if he was trying to cover for somebody else you know, and that wasn't his mistake, you know. Absolutely. So, I mean, you don't know that. We don't know that. We just see him getting beat. So, um, but, you know, apparently some of those were he was covering for somebody else because he had 84.3. Um, and then, I mean, it's, I think he only had the one play, but uh, Marvin Hall, 76.4. <laughs> so that was our, our top five on, on offense. And then on defense, um, really cool to see uh, Richie Grant, 80.9. So that was pretty solid. And he, he was in a lot of different plays. He was in the backfield. He was making tackles. He was in pass defense. Uh, Mike and I both have been big on him. I mean, did you watch him much in college did you, other than just other than just the highlight packages? I mean. Yeah, other than college. Yeah. 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 The same here. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I probably saw a few games, the Central Florida, because you know, Central Florida is not on TV that much. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was – I mean, what you saw in his highlight reel, that's what you would think safety needs to be, you know. And, yep, exactly. Uh, just needs, just needs experience. Um, then Mikhail Walker, 78.5. Foyer, 76.1. Uh, Fabian Moreau, 73.5. So don't often hear his name associated with a good PFF score, so that's that's good. Um, and then Avery Williams, 72.2. Uh, they've asked a lot from Avery on defense. He thought he was going to come in and be a punt returner, and they've all of a sudden he's a nickelback or he's, you know, in there helping out. So, you know, good on him. That just, you know, shows our, our lack of depth. So he's had to help, help out. They're pretty much there everywhere. Um, and then some other notable ones, the world, one of the worst ones. Um, and I, Darren Hall, man, 26. Yeah, I want to hear the worst ones. <laughs> Darren Hall, 26.1. Wow. But he got beat bad on that one uh, earlier in the game. And he was, yeah, I didn't think he was great. Um, CP, while well, we talked about it, you know, didn't have a great game, 46.1. Uh, Dante Fowler, Mike's favorite player. Um, yeah, good old Dante Fowler. 41.1. <laughs> um, he's. 
I don't know, man. Like he, I don't, I don't, he just, like I said, he's got, like Mike said, I think a few weeks ago, like he looks like, and he has all the attributes you want of an edge rusher, but there's no, there's no, uh, nothing to back it up. <laughs> there's yeah, stats no, to back I, it up. I thought he would be that difference maker. I mean, I thought he was a good, good pickup and he's, he's had a good career. You know? Yeah. What, what happened? He just I don't know, man. Older. It's where, I mean, we're apparently where uh, edge pass rushers come to die. Like, once you, once, <laughs> I mean, who's the dude we got from um, Minnesota a few years ago? Remember what I'm talking about? He was terrible. I mean, yes. just got awful. I can't remember his name. Because yeah, he was, he was a, he, he boxed. That was like his thing. He was a boxer. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Think of his name. I try to forget shit like that. So I mean, that's probably, <laughs> but I mean, but he, yeah, dude, I mean, like, I mean, that's just one example, but I mean, like, man, it just seems we can't, we can't catch an addresser to save our lives. And he's not a cheap addresser. Like we talked about in the no, salary. No, no, they paid him big, big money, big money, yeah, like 10 million a year. So, yep. um, and then I'll uh, see AJ trail 61.9. So not his best of uh, the year, but you know, I, I don't really care. He's he's <laughs> you can have a bad game every now and then or not do yep. you know, for what he's done for us this year. Um, yep. And then our boy Jalen Mayfield, fifty two point two, and we've already talked about him. But yeah, it's just I mean the past block where he's just, been living. Yeah, or below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> might, might have I mean, been a good game for him. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, and this. Uh, I mean, like I said, the pass protection just has, has been just anemic, and for him, and I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean. It's like you, like you said, you know, he's young, and this is his first year. They this regime drafted him, so I have a hard time believing they're just going to cut bait and say we screwed up. Yep. You hardly yep. see any any coach or, or GM do that with the player they just drafted. Yep. So I think I think he'll be back. I mean, it's just a matter of um, you. You think he's not going to get worse? You I mean cross your fingers? He's not going to get worse, you know? Um, because, but like we said last week, you can't Matt can't go through another season like this. Uh, next year, because um, mm. he's not going to make it eventually. Um, and I thought, uh, uh, shout out to the Rise Up Reader. If you guys follow them on uh, their blog yeah, for the Falcons on, on Twitter, they had a pretty funny tweet, and I thought it was pretty uh, pretty accurate of the season. If you're a Marvel fan, at least you'll understand this. The Falcons have held each of football's Infinity Stones at different points in the team's history, but they've never held them all at once. This year, they have had the health stone, which is true. We hardly have any guys hurt this yeah, year, yeah, yeah, yeah. except for – Ridley, of course. Right, right. Uh, and the luck stone, you know, there's seven and two, had a few things go our way, but not the mind stone or the skill stone. So, I mean – Most notably skill stone. They, they don't have the talent. Stone. No. <laughs> no, I mean, it was – you know, it's like – it's funny because we were talking – I mean, and people – I heard earlier today, and I keep hearing on different podcasts or different, you know, on Twitter, like, we're not a playoff team. Well, no, I, I know we're not a – we're not literally a playoff team, but if we would have made the playoffs, that doesn't mean you – this just means you're in. You know, it doesn't mean you – hell, what, what was it, oh, seven and 19, you know, got in. So, I mean, it's not like – Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm – I don't know. Like, me, Mike and I talked about, like, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You want to get the guys in and have experience and have that – kind of have that type of, you know – you know, like I said, just have that experience. But at the same time, you don't want to have them go in and lose 50 to zero or something just and get blown yeah. out. Because what does that really do for you? You know, I mean, if you're, yeah. even if you're a rookie or something like that, like, okay, well, I could have done that you know, at anywhere. Um, so, you know, I don't think we're going to beat the Bills up in Buffalo. I think we're already a two touchdown dog already. Yeah, I've seen 14. Yeah. 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 So uh, we'll, we'll, 
uh, Troy will be back uh, actually later on in the week for the preview show. Um, so we'll get into more of that later on. But I think that's going to be rough. I think it looks like uh, – I think I heard Ian Book may be starting for the Saints. Tonight, right? Yeah. yeah I think he is. Uh, uh, Simeon, I guess, is, is he COVID or – I don't even know. I just, I just, I just saw Ian Book is starting. No, I mean, that, to me, that's the one that they could win, depending right. on – Saints right. injury situation, you know, the Saints may or may not be playing for the playoffs in that game, but the Falcons, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter, you know, what the record is, if they're out of the playoffs, whatever. I mean, that's obviously the Saints. So, yep. no, I mean, it's a very winnable game. In Atlanta, which doesn't necessarily mean anything, as we've seen this year, <laughs> first Dude, home I, yesterday. Yeah. That, that's a winnable game. I mean, obviously, they beat them in, in New Orleans, at, you know, pretty much at full strength. So, yeah, they could yeah. win that game. Right. And I mean, I'm not going to say anything because, I mean, I wasn't the game and you weren't at the game, so we can't really talk. But, man, like looking on TV, it's embarrassing, man. Like, I mean, we, we if you could have moved everybody down, and I don't know if you'd have filled up the bottom bowl or not. No, I mean, you're right. I, it, you know, again, I'm a season ticket holder, and I'm as guilty as anyone of that, especially yesterday. I, I was planning to go and then kind of at the last minute ended up not going. But, no, it, it is embarrassing. I mean, it, it is not the home field advantage that you would want, at, you know, for, for any – um, yeah. We go go on a long tangent about that, you know, the kind of the corporate and you know atmosphere of the bends, but it's not a it's not a dome filled advantage like you would want. So it's no. kind of, I mean, and of course Atlanta's, you know, I mean, it's it's different. It's kind of shifted. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but um, when the Braves moved, like we've had good attendance ever since they moved, and I mean, I know it's because they moved closer to where they're. You know their their main fan base is. Yep. Yep. So I, and I, I mean I get that, but I mean it's not to get to Mercedes Benz and like it's not a hard. It's nope. not hard. Plenty, I mean, plenty of ways to get there. Yeah, it's not. I, a mean, I, thing. I, I mean, I do think that a lot of it is just the product. There, let's. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. You know, in in sixteen, you know, it was a rocking environment. Absolutely. But that was. I mean, that, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was I believe the last year at the Georgia Dome. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I think so. So, yeah. I mean, the, the biggest gripe that I have, and again, I don't want to get on some long tangent about it, but it's just not like I haven't, and granted, I haven't maybe, have we had any like really big games in the bins? You know, I don't like, I'm no. talking actually mean something, you know? I don't think so. I just haven't been, and I, and I go to quite a few games, you know, and I, I haven't been to that game where it's just like rocking. Mm-hmm. And what you mean by rocking is it's, 95% Falcons fans and it's loud, you know, and they're working, you know, I was at the NFC championship against the Packers and that, that was, I mean, it was like rocking, rocking atmosphere and it wasn't all green Bay fans, like what we're used to in, in Atlanta, whether you're talking about Braves or Falcons or Hawks or whatever, but I just haven't seen that at the bins. And I don't know if it's just the, you know, the, the ticket prices or the, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but it, I just, I don't know, man. I, I just haven't seen that rowdy Falcons fan atmosphere there. Yeah, I think it's I think you're I think it's a combination of those things. I think that ticket prices definitely had a lot to do with it. And especially initially when the you know the PSLs first came out. Um, <laughs> I mean I, I mean you and I both listen to sports talk here in Atlanta and I mean how many fans called in was like, I can't afford to go anymore. That's it. That's it. And it, I mean you 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 he literally priced out some of the most devoted fans, you know, which is a shame because I mean that's you know, um, you've got a city that's already very, very transient, and you've got people that move here from all over the place that are going to be fans of their team. So the last thing you really want to do is alienate the, the, the your your fan your their core fan base with because you and you know I don't really give okay you have a two dollar hot dog great 
big freaking deal. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't afford to get in to eat the $2 hot dog. Yep. Exactly. I think that's pretty much what it comes down to. I mean, all the people holding the, the really good seats are businesses, corporations, whatever. And yeah, the people, the people going on corporate seats are not the fans, you know, even you and I, you know, my, my seats are 300 level, you know, and my, my PSL was like 500 bucks a ticket, which, you know, which mm-hmm. isn't, but you get anything below the upper nosebleeds and it was outrageous and and your average casual you know even big fan isn't going to pay that you know right yeah yeah i I looked i I looked at the 200 level and it's it was outrageous yes i mean and and, and can you i mean and for a family of three or four or five i mean there's no way unless you're just i mean to have that much disposable income, I mean, c- congratulations if you do. I mean, that's fantastic. But I mean, that, that's not the everyday fan. No, you know? It's not your um, average talking fan, especially. Hell no, no. And uh, you know, it's I don't know. I mean, it's uh, I, I get jealous, man. I get jealous watching like KC and Pittsburgh and some of these. You know, hell, even the Saints. I mean, like that. Just seeing those fan bases and how you know, they get it packed, they get loud. Like I just get jealous watching it. Um, you know, and I, I don't get like, I'm not a season ticket holder. I don't, you know, get down to as many games. We normally get to like, you know, maybe three or four a year. Um, you know, and, and Mike, Mike, uh, I don't know if Mike still has his season tickets or not. He definitely, he was at the dome. I don't know if he renewed them or kept them, but he was, he was almost there every week. Um, you know, and, uh, I don't, I know he's not, I know he hasn't been, I think he's been to two games this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's different though. I mean, it's just, you know, like I said, you know, you want to, when, if you're planning on taking your family is you have to almost prepare for it, like budget out for it. (laughs) And if if you buy it on the, if you buy the tickets on the secondary market, that's even probably more expensive sometimes. So I don't know. It's like you said, I, I, against the saints, I expect it to be better just because it's the saints and, you know, they're going to be in the building, you know, and so. It it will. I mean, that's, that's the one to, if you want a pretty rowdy atmosphere i've been to that game i try to go to that game every year and it's that is the one there will be a lot of saints fans there but it's it's rocking i mean i yeah. will say it's close to the kind of the old georgia dome experience that i've had in the in the bins yeah you're probably right and i mean and it's such as you know uh like well chris you know they come on that comes on the show for with us for the preview show you know, like his family moved here after Katrina and like so many other families did you know from from uh from louisiana so i mean it's you know, there's a lot of Saints fans. There there's were Saints fans. Of, there was there was there before that happened, but there's even more now. You know, so it's it's it sucks when there's you know even half and half. Like it shouldn't be that way. Like you got you know. But um, I'm I'm you know I'm I'm optimistic that next year. You know, like I'm I'm never uh, I don't know. Like I mean, I'm optimistic about the direction I see potential in a lot of young guys. I just think that you know with the salary cap going up and the position we're going to be in I do think it's likely they're going to extend Matt I just don't see how you not because I just don't see you paying him 40 million next year it's going to be interesting it really yeah. is it's that's I guess that's the number one question going to the offseason yeah I mean and I I I, I, I like Mike said too I hope you do extend them I don't expect and, and don't get us wrong or don't get me wrong just because I say I want him to extend doesn't mean I want him to be our quarterback for the next five years. That just means I want more cap space so we can actually do stuff. And if we end up trading him, we end up trading him. You know, I mean, like that's the thing. And, and actually, I'm not going to, I don't know, I'm not going to toot my own horn here or anything because this is all a rumor. But I said off the top of my head a few weeks ago um, that, that a team that might be interested might be the Steelers, possibly. And then I saw the Falcoholic actually uh, posted an article today that um, 
this, that there was a rumor that the Steelers could be a landing spot for Matt. Uh, when, wow. ben, Ben's going to be gone, you know. No, that's so, he would be a good kind of stopgap guy for a few years until they find that, you know, the next, mm-hmm. the next guy. But. Yeah, but I mean, if that's the case, then that means we're drafting a quarterback or we're changing, we're making a change a hell of a lot quicker than we maybe thought we were. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't, Arthur loves Matt to death. So I don't see him wanting to make a change from him unless th- there's just a, a very, just, you know, very seeable decline in, in his overall play or performance. And there really hasn't been. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't, I, like I said, I mean, like we talked about, you can't point to him. And yeah, sure, there's situations where we'd love to have running quarterback in that situation, you know, where he could have got out, maybe did something. But I mean, if you have this, if you surround him with the right guys and you actually put a team around him, like we've seen before, you know, I mean, he's fine. He's, he, my God, he just, didn't he just, didn't he just tie Eli Manning for wins or something like that? And I mean, he was going in the Hall of Fame, or whether anybody likes it or not. So, completely agree. And I was, you know, one of the interesting things about y'all's pod last week is the footwork comment. <laughs> yeah, I, I never probably would have thought that, and he's definitely not known for his elusiveness, or certainly mm-hmm. not. For speed, but the fact that you got, you know, respected folks in the NFL talking about kind of model him for his footwork in the pocket is pretty, pretty amazing. And I. I Probably wouldn't have thought that, but it's not surprising. Kind of now, you know, after it's after it was said. Yeah, because he's—I mean—he's a smart dude. Obviously, I mean, he's—he's he's he not. Is. Yeah, I mean, he studies probably more than anyone, you know. And uh, like, you know, he's talked about—he said it before too. You know, like it's not—you know—he—I he, think he jokes about—he pokes fun at himself about his athleticism because you know he always thinks he's—you know—he's like, I, I'm pretty athletic, you know, I'm pretty fast, yeah, you know. Which once on TV, it looks like he's got—you know, he's running in his sand. Yeah, you know, fair. it looks like yeah, it looks like. <laughs> It's the most Quick painful sand, thing yeah. ever. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's like you just want to push him and help him to go faster. You can't. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so, I, I, but yeah, it's, it's definitely more than that. It's the footwork inside the pocket, knowing when to, to move up, when to move out, when to get outside the pocket. You know, um, and unfortunately, I mean, he's having to do that a lot this year because he doesn't have much time to make a decision. So always under duress. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, that being said, going into next year, too, I mean, you know, Listerum definitely, you know, he's not going anywhere. Matthews is solid. Uh, McGarry, I'm not sold on. Mayfield, I'm not sold on. Hennessy looks like he's got pretty solid potential to stay there. Um, so I don't really see him going offensive lineman in the first. I think they got to address it. I think they got. I think they need to have somebody there. Uh, in the worst case scenario, that Mayfield is just the same guy again as he is next this year as he is next year. Um, you, you can't let him keep doing that. You got to set him down at some point and put somebody else in there. So I think that might be something they do maybe free agency wise. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I can definitely, I, I just, if they don't go past rusher, I'll be shocked because I just, I agree. That's what they have. <laughs> they yeah. Have they uh, have mean, pass rush. Even if Ridley says I'm not coming back. I mean, you, you can find a receiver somewhere else or, I mean, they just don't take receiver number one. I don't care if Jamison Williams is there. I mean, and, he, and that kills me to say it because that dude is fantastic. And I mean, he's, talk about a game changing receiver. I think he's going to be that at the next level too. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's uh, it, the fan base would have a freaking coronary if they chose like a skill position guy. Position, I mean, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's not one of the two, long, and I, I won't be, I won't, I won't be pissed if they pick offensive line because it is a need. But that's part of the deal. Like there's so many holes that we yep, kind of yep. have, you know. So. I don't know. It'll be interesting. There's, you know, the, well, I, unfortunately, I think I might love to have Aiden Hutchison, but I think he'll be gone in the first two or three picks. He's, so, he's a beast. Yeah. He so, is a beast. 
Good to see him on display in a few days against Georgia. So that should be interesting. Right. Yeah. Assuming the game happens, doesn't get canceled for COVID, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I've, I don't know about you. Like, all of my Georgia friends are pretty, uh, very confident about, almost too confident in my eyes to about this game. I don't know about, about you. About the game? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, I, I think, and shout out to my Georgia fan friends and family, but <laughs> they're always kind of overconfident, right? Um, and, you know, like, uh, at, least, at least the ones in my small little world, they were super confident in the Bama game, you know? The, yeah. I think it's kind of a world of naivety that, that a lot of Georgia fans live in. So, sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I, know, I agree. No, and it's just funny. Uh, our mutual friend Paul, um, yeah. he, uh, we, you know, we were talking about it before the game, and I and I, I told him I was like, dude, I was like, I think the only, honestly, the only the uh, advantage I saw that Bama had was at quarterback, and of course, obviously Saban, um, you know, and then yes, that's, and then that's the. Yeah, and then Jamison Williams, you know, that's a, that, other than that, I mean, I said, I, you know, because literally I do, I've never seen a defense like that before from Georgia or hardly any other team, to be honest with you. Like this year, during the regular season, it was insane. You're talking about before that game. Oh, before yeah. That game. yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I kind of fell into the trap, too. I mean, I was like, yeah, their, their defense is definitely mm-hmm. – and they will probably shut down Alabama. And, boy, was I proved to be wrong. But, no, you're, you're spot on. I mean, the – the difference in those two teams, obviously, coaching is, is a big yeah. thing. I'm, I think Kirby's a, a good coach for the most part, but quarterback. I mean, yeah. Uh, you, you the Heisman winner and, and five star, n- number one overall quarterback. And then you got a walk on, smart guy, but a yep. walk on. And I kind of said, even really during the entire season, you know, they, they didn't play anybody really in, in, during the regular season. And you're not going to get to the promised land with Stetson Bennett. I hate to say it, but. They, they yeah. kind of – JT kind of always there in the wing, probably even playing more than he did. And they, for whatever reason, chose not to. Yeah, that blows me. I don't, there has, there's got to be something behind the scenes going on there because – Yeah, he may be a complete whatever. I, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know that kind of inside intel, but it is – I mean, they thought that they could get to the promised land with Stetson Bennett. Yeah, and that's, that's – I mean, you know, we were, I, I was talking with, you know, Paul and a few other guys too. It's like – that's that I thought if we got up, then we would have an advantage because there's no way Stetson's bringing you back with his arm. Yep. Because, you know, and, and, you know, not having, you know, uh, George Pickens for, I mean, he was on the play field for, he made a big catch when he was on the field, but yes, I mean, like, that dude makes yep. a big difference. So, but dude, I, I had, I only watched, I watched Michigan in a couple of games this year and they were pretty damn impressive, man. I mean, I know it's a Big Ten, and it's not, you know, the SEC, and everybody, and everybody got the SEC bias. But I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting game. No, no. I mean, I completely agree. I, I thought before that Ohio State game that Ohio State was the team that would give Georgia. Yep. A run. Yeah. And Michigan made them look pretty bad. I mean, Michigan looked good. That's. I mean, that that and I guess the Michigan State game are probably the only two that I saw Michigan's. I'm not. You know, I don't. I don't know a lot, but I, I do not have that SEC bias. And no, I mean, from from what I saw in that. Alabama game, Georgia was and is very overrated this year. Uh, their defense, especially, I mean, they didn't play a good. And that's that's all there is to it. They did not play a good, a good offense, especially before their, Alabama. Yeah, their secondary, I think, is their biggest weakness because I mean, their front seven was, out, out, and then the, their secondary wasn't tested that much because their front seven was so good. Um, so, and like you said, right. I mean, the amount of the quarterbacks they faced, though, yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there was, you know, they, they weren't, you know, they, they weren't up to par as far as, you know, what they were going to face with Alabama. So, I mean, um, 
yeah, it'll be interesting, man. I, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun night of, of football to watch. But um, yeah, so I just hope and pray everybody's at full strength and there's not like like Bryce uh, COVID the day before or something. Dude, stupid. did you see? Did you see the lineup the Hawks are going to have tonight? It's ridiculous. So like, how's, how's that even happening? Like, I, I, I so, saw so, so what I heard is I think you have to have eight, and they have yeah. ten, but they don't have a point guard. They don't have a power forward. It's just Absolutely. You know, Trey got cleared like two hours ago. Oh, did he? Yeah. He yeah. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. I, oh, I, 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 yeah, I was just happened to saw something popped up on my phone that said he had a second negative test. He was cleared to play tonight. Wow. Okay. Well, that's so, good. Okay. Yeah, well, then I lied about not having a point guard, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, who else? I mean, I know we Tom, have no forwards. We have no forwards. No, no forwards. Yep. I, I, Absolutely I, insane. I was so pissed because I was looking so forward to that Knicks game on Saturday. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, on Christmas. I mean, and then to not have Trey yeah, and to have Day. the freaking Knicks fans sit there and you know chant "fuck <laughs> you, Trey" at the end of the he's not even on the court. Not man. even there. It wasn't even. It wasn't even in the city. Ah, oh, my God, it's great though because <laughs> that just shows you. Like I saw so many tweets. Like man, living rent free in their heads, which is like yep. perfect. Exactly. Yes, he definitely is. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, hopefully this COVID mess will uh, will, will calm down a little bit because all around sports because NHL took time off. And I mean, the premier league and over in Europe's getting hit hard by it. Um, so it's just, yeah, it sucks. I mean, that, I guess the only plus side is, you know, it's, it doesn't seem to be near as deadly or as bad as the Delta was or the alpha or whatever the hell original version was. I don't know where we're at now. Um, but, um, it's yeah. Omicron. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even want to get into it, man. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so anyway, so we'll uh, that pretty much closes out the show for the most part. We, um, like I said, we'll be back to, to do uh, the the preview probably Thursday ish if your schedule is good. We'll figure it out um, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Um, but before we go though, how was your Christmas, man? Did you have a, a good weekend? Yeah, no, it was good. We uh, it was pretty uneventful. We stayed in town and didn't do a whole lot, which was a good thing. I, I kind of like you and Mike have been very busy the last couple months and. Definitely been good to relax. Um, this is our first year, so, so for everyone out there, I've got twin, just turned four-year-olds. So this is our first year to do Elf on the Shelf. So uh, <laughs> say that it was very difficult, um, uh, Pinterest and whatever else, uh, whatever Google, but to find 24, 25 days of Elf on the Shelf stuff that um, all I can say is, you know, needless to say, we are very thankful to send that dude back to the North Pole. It was a, it was a struggle. Man, look, uh, I could talk for a whole episode about Elf on the Shelf. Um, that was the worst damn thing anybody's ever invented. So whoever did that, screw you. And, and um, hopefully my kids can't hear me right now, but because um, they loved it. I mean, like. Oh, yeah, dude, Liam ate it up. He was like, he couldn't believe it. Like one day I had him hanging from like the ceiling thing. And he was like, <laughs> oh, my God, how did he get up there? He is magical. <laughs> Dude, it was like the first thing every morning. Like we, we his name is Elvis. I don't know if it's mm. Elvis or Elvis, but yeah, that's his name. And it was like every morning, where, where's Elvis? Where's Elvis? You know, got to find Elvis. So, so the problem is, I mean, we're stuck. You know, we have yeah. to at least until they figure out, you know, what's actually happening. Yep. Um, yeah, I think we've pretty much backed ourselves into a corner where we're stuck with this for the next few years at least. Did you Did you see they have a, a Snoop on a stoop? Snoop Dogg. <laughs> No, I hadn't heard that one. Dude, Google it. Google Snoop on a stoop. <laughs> is it the same idea? Just, same deal, just Snoop Dogg. 
I think we might should do that next year. I think you should totally do that next year. I I, like I might have more fun doing that one because you could, yeah. But I don't do that was terrible. I mean, we uh, Liam found out last year about Santa, which so he would have been really? right yeah. So um, because you know what, dude, I mean. We work hard and, uh, you know, I got kind of tired of seeing and getting all the benefit, you know, all the praise <laughs> for these badass toys. You know, I'm like, man, like you have no idea. Like, I, you know, but that's what's uh, so funny. So, so we did kind of split, you know, we, we laid like we set up the Santa toys, you know, we yeah. did everything the night before or whatever. And then we had like the us mom and dad toys and, and you know, 20 minutes after opening the, the presents, whatever the mom and dad presents, you know, we were like, no, which one does Santa get us in? And of course, me, I'm like, that, every, all of them, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we yeah. Gotta, I want the credit for it, of course. And Mandy's like, mm-hmm. oh, no, 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 maybe. But most of it was Santa. I'm like, for, come on now. Fucking Santa. No, dude, <laughs> I, was, I, I, no. I, I was like, uh, I don't forgot. I don't know how we even said it out. We talked about it. I think we were in the car. And he was like, um, I was like, sir, I said, are you excited for Santa? He was, he was like, yeah, yeah. And I said, hey, I said, you, so you still totally on board with that and everything? And he was like, yeah, why not? I said, and you never thought about it? You know, like how many kids there are in the world and how many stops he's got to make and, you know, all that stuff. And he said, I could see the wheels turning a little bit in his head. And he was like, yeah, it's true. You know, like, how does that happen? I'm like, well, it doesn't. And uh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't like that. Like I broke it kind of easier to him. Yeah. You know, like, like, so what did he say? Was he devastated? He was, or? No, he was, I mean, he was a little, little upset. Like he, at first he didn't believe me, dude. He thought I was messing with him. Like he was dead on. Like he was like, no, like screw you. Santa is real. And I know he's real. Um, but no, I, I was like, no, man, it's, you know, I was like, we, we do it. We buy all the presents, you know, everything. And he was like, oh. so I was like, yeah, so all the awesome shit you got, like, that's, that's that's all us you know so um but yeah so he, he's he's good though he under, he's totally fun now what's funny now is he has friends that still believe right and so he'll he'll be like uh man my buddy he still believes it's such a sad thing to see i'm like dude you just did you just believed you know six months ago now you're talking about such a sad state of affairs it is that these guys still believe in Santa. <laughs> so it cracks me up but um yeah so yeah we did too we just laid low we uh open presents of course and uh and we watched watched premier league a lot um and uh just laid around did absolutely ate a lot man ate so much food um i think i ate more during this than i did during thanksgiving to be honest um yeah i don't know that's yeah but uh so now just kind of getting back it's kind of weird i kind of hate that i wish it was more of a like just have the or well you're kind of off all week for the most part right Mm mm-hmm yeah, I wish I could just do that because uh, it's like it's, in, our, in our business, it's like we come back from Christmas and like, OK, go, go, go. Then it's stop right at New Year's. You know what I mean? And uh, for I'm like, well, why don't we just chill? Let's just chill the entire time. You know, nobody write any policies. Let's just chill. You know, that, that doesn't happen. But uh, yeah. So anyway, guys, well, I think we've rambled on enough about various topics. And uh, but hey, happy we got the win. Uh, yesterday, you know, wins a win, even though it was a crappy-ish looking win. Uh, it doesn't matter. We beat the Lions, and uh, that's all that matters. So, uh, we will have, like I said, the preview show coming up in a few days. Uh, it'll be uh, Troy and I again, and we'll have uh, some different topics to talk about on top of the Buffalo game and uh, leading into the last game of the season. After that, we'll have Chris back next week for the Saints preview show for the last week of the season, and uh, then we'll go on from there. So, Troy, you got anything else to add, man? Are you good? Oh, man, I enjoyed it. Thanks again for having me on. Looking forward to the Bills preview. Should be, yeah. should be-
Heck yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on and filling in for Mike and uh, he appreciates it too. So guys, we appreciate you guys listening and taking the time as always. You can, like I said before, at the beginning of the show, if you can leave us a, a, a five-star view, uh, follow, subscribe, tell your friends, your family, all your Falcons uh, friends out there, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. So that is it for us. We will catch you again in a few days. We're out.